peoples back in the building it's been a long week man busy week um shout out to everybody that listened to the last two episodes about um relationships per se um the question was can you love so um can you be friends with someone that you were once in love with and been getting a lot of, you know, people reaching out to me, giving me their take on it. Um, shout out to Chris, Dante, Kelsey, Rachel. Definitely appreciate y'all jumping on those uh, episodes. Um, if you're listening to this and you haven't heard them, feel free to go back and check those out. Like I said, it was just, you know, great conversation. Definitely an eye opener for me. You know, like I said, I, I like to listen to different people's opinions and sit back and listen with an open mind just so I can understand other people's thought process. So I think that was a, a great topic to, you know what I'm saying? Just get a, get a feel for how other people view things and then evaluate it and, and apply it to your own relationships and things like that. But anyways, like I said, man, it's been a long week since I last recorded. Um, Kidney stones, man. Kidney stones are no joke. I caught kidney stones one time, and that was right after my wife gave birth to our twins. Like, literally. She just gave birth to twins, and then I'm in the hospital with kidney stones. <laughs> like, man, it was it was a train wreck. Like, literally a train wreck. So... You know, for those that have not ever experienced that, please, I I pray that you don't ever have to go through that. I'm getting ready for work that morning, and literally it felt like somebody just came and drop kicked me in my back, and I just fell to the floor, like, immediately. Like, I swear I thought it was a ghost in the house or something. Somebody came and punched me, and I'm sticking to that story. Like, somebody came and punched me, some kind of spirit. One of my ancestors was mad at me about something. And punched me in my damn back. And the pain was just unbearable. Like it was hurting so bad to where I started throwing up. And like I said, man, I'm, I'm crying. Like it was bad. And that's when I got diagnosed. Had to do the little CT scan and all that. And they found a kidney stone. And fellas, there's only one way for it to come out. Actually two. They can cut it out. Or you get you uh, just thinking about it hurts. You got to get it out. And it's only one way to get it out. So, like I said, I was in the hospital. Um, they had to put me on the IV. I was in so much pain. Like, it was just unbearable. So I told myself then, I was like, never again will I go through that ever. And come to find out the issue was at that time, I was drinking a lot of McDonald's sweet tea. Like sweet tea from McDonald's used to be so clutch. Plus it was only a dollar. That's probably why I'm borderline diabetic right now. But, you know, the doctor was like, you know, you can get kidney stones from drinking a lot of tea or a lot of sugary drinks, sodas. Um, he actually said drinking a lot of milk, the calcium, you know, will build up and make it hard and you might catch kidney stones that way. And surprisingly, they said that you can catch kidney stones by drinking too much water, which I, I I didn't understand that at the time, but I mean, it is what it is. 
So again, that was when the twins were born. It's been almost eight years. Fast forward. I don't know what I was thinking about. I guess I just <laughs> took it for granted. I got on this Mountain Dew kick. And I just been sitting here taking back Mountain Dews here at the crib on a regular. At least two or three cans of Mountain Dew a day. And long and behold, last Friday night, <laughs> I'm laying in a bed. Uh, and I swear that ghost came back to get me. Punched me straight up through my sleep. Oh, man. I'm in here crying. Do you hear me? Two o'clock in the morning, I'm in here crying, throwing up, begging for somebody to help me. My entire house sleep. I'm screaming for help. Sleep. Christmas is canceled in the Harper residence for 2021. So if you see my kids on December the 26th, don't even ask them what they got for Christmas because they ain't getting shit. Excuse my language. I'm in here screaming for help. They sleeping through it. Throwing up. I'm on YouTube trying to look up how can I get rid of this pain? Because <laughs> I knew what it was. And that's the crazy part. That's why I'm telling you. If you ever got kidney stones, you'll know. You'll know what it is. And as soon as it happened, I was just like, damn, here we go. Pain was so bad, I got up and drove myself to the emergency room. Three o'clock in the morning. Drove myself. And sure enough, go through the CT scans and all that good jazz. Boom, there go the kidney stone. Put me on the IV again, gave me the good meds. I was cool. They let me out the next day. I came home, I'm raking the leaves. Everything's cool. At least I thought. Later on that night, boom, got punched again. <laughs> got punched again. And I be down. So long story short, it came out. Thank God. Thank God. Came out because I had a had a trip plan, man. And that's why I thought the devil was trying to mess with me, dude, because um, a friend of mine asked if I wanted to go to the UK Duke game, Madison Square Garden. They asked me, you know, a couple weeks ago, months ago, actually, about a month or two ago. And I'm like, heck, yeah, that's Madison Square Garden. Let's go. So it's like, you know, two days before it's time for you to leave to go on your trip, you get kidney stones. So I'm sitting there like, nah, man, you're not going to do this. You're not going to do this. I was like, I'm getting on that plane regardless. So, um, you know, enough rambling. Like I said, man, I uh, had a busy week. We did end up going to uh, NYC. Had a great time. Just kind of, you know, walking around. Had some, some good food. Chilling. Unfortunately, UK lost, but at the end of the day, it was a great experience, man. I was three rows from the floor at Madison Square Garden, so I will not, <laughs> I will not take that opportunity for granted, and, and thanks to God for looking out for me, for letting me pass that kidney stone. So um, today's episode, man. I've been seeing a lot of people and it's been on the radio and all over the place talking about this Travis Scott thing. So I want to kind of talk about the Travis Scott thing, the Scottie Pippen book thing, give my take on 
the uh, NBA real quick and then talk about Kentucky. So um, that's what we're going to be doing. I ain't going to say we because it's just me. I'm flying solo today. So that's that's what I'm going to do with this episode. And I don't know why. It's just it's been on my mind about the Travis Scott thing. It's like I want to talk about it, but then again, I don't want to touch it because I know it's a it's a touchy topic. But at the end of the day, it's like, man, y'all y'all so quick to try to cancel people, dude. And it's like, what could that man have done to stop that from happening? And shout out to my cousin Grip. He messaged me and was saying something about it, too. And, and I was already wanting to talk about it prior to me reading that message. But I was just like, you know what? I don't want to touch it. But then this morning I saw an article or a video from a news station where they posted where the people broke down the the security barricades and stuff and just trampled through people just to get in. And a lot of people are saying, oh, well, they should have stopped the show then. They should have postponed the show then. And it's like, dude, it's going to always be pandemonium, man. Like, this ain't nothing new. So why are people acting surprised now? There's always been footage of people breaking down fences, climbing walls, and passing out at shows, man. Go all the way back to Michael Jackson and stuff like that. So... That's literally what a fan is, a fanatic. So for people to take this situation, and then I've seen the whole satanic uh, sacrifice and this and that, and it's just like, man, where where do people get this stuff from, man? Like, dog, like, first of all, they made a whole documentary on Netflix, I think. Netflix or one of them streaming services about Travis Scott. And you saw how his shows was then. They crowd surfing. He jumping off of buildings and stuff. So you already, you should already know what to expect when you go to a Travis Scott concert or festival, Astro World. You know what I'm saying? Like that whole event is supposed to be chaotic. It's like, dog, like what's what, what's wrong with people to the point to where now all of a sudden every event supposed to come with all these rules and guidelines and like first of all it's it's unfortunate it's unfortunate that as of today i believe that the count is up to 10 10 people have lost their lives one as young as what nine years old i think so first of all that's what needs to come into question like why are children here and i've been seeing people on on social media and stuff and oh man it Astro, uh, Astro World, excuse me. It's a child friendly environment. They got rides. It's like a carnival. It's like this. I'm like, okay, cool. It's like a carnival. You can walk around, play games, win prizes, whatever the case may be. I've never been. Shout out to one of my friends. They were actually there, and I'm gonna actually reach out to them and ask them, you know, what was that scene like? What was the atmosphere like? Because if it's like a fair or whatever then cool, you took your kids there, did whatever you had to do, let them have a good time. But as far as putting them in the middle of a mosh pit, come on, fam. Just out of safety alone. First of all, we're in the middle of a pandemic. So that right there should should be enough for me to be like, nah, I ain't putting my kids in harm's way. But as soon as you saw a crowd, I mean, at one point they said it was like, what, 50,000? 50,000 plus 
there ain't enough security in the world to stop that, bro. So people, oh, he should have hired more security. He should have done like everybody can sit at home and tell people what they should have done and what this should have done. And it's only when something bad happens. But what about all the good shows that he done put together and everybody went home safely? Do you want me to believe that people weren't going to be high out of their minds? Before, during and after that concert. Really, that's what you want me to think, that it wasn't going to be no drugs, alcohol, no nothing being passed around. So you have an event, all of these people, Travis Scott brings energy through the roof already. So you amplify that times 10, not to mention you got people that's probably high and drunk and everything else. So this atmosphere, I don't even want to know what it was like. There's no way that I'm going to subject subject my children to that kind of atmosphere. But see, that that brings up a whole different kind of conversation because it's like nowadays parents want to be their kids best friend. They're willing to do whatever it takes as long as their kid is happy and looks at them like, oh, my God, I got the coolest dad or the coolest mom in the world. Parents will go climb buildings to get their kids the new Yeezys, Travis Scott tickets, and whatever else. Like, man, we in New York, dog. We in Flight Club. It's kids walking around here with their parents. And I'm just sitting there peeping it all out because that was a bucket list for me. Y'all know I'm into collecting shoes or whatever. And, you know, Flight Club has always been like this big old, oh, my God, Flight Club. So I've been to New York a few times, but I never got the opportunity to go. So now I don't have the kids with me and nothing. So boom, we pull up on flight club. So when I walk in here, you know, I see the kicks. But to be honest, I was like, I was let down a little bit because I expected to see this big old place with just shoes galore. And don't get me wrong, man, they had a ton of stuff in there. But I was just like, I honestly thought that it was just going to be this big old massive place. And it wasn't. But as I'm walking through here and I'm looking at the different things, you know, I see some kids in there and they're like, oh, do y'all got the Ben and Jerry's? And da 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 And the parents are just walking around. So I'm saying like, <laughs> first of all, my parents weren't even going to take me into no store for no shoes unless it was Christmas or my birthday. But again, I'm not here to tell people how to parent their children because it ain't tricking if you got it. But I'm just saying it's like the whole concept of every parent wants to be their kid's best friend. So we're just hanging out together. It's no longer a father, son or mother, daughter. You know what I'm saying? Scene. It's like, this is my best friend. We're going to hang out at the Travis Scott festival. Or a little baby came here to Louisville a couple of weeks ago and they was talking about how it was a lot of kids and stuff in there. So it's like <laughs> to each his own. Like I said, that's a whole nother conversation. I ain't even going to go down that road. Um, but it's like, like I said, man, it's unfortunate because the rumor is somebody was in the crowd injecting people with stuff or poking them. And 
people were going into cardiac arrest. And then once you start seeing bodies dropping quite naturally, here comes the stampede. People are freaking out. So if I'm on the stage and I'm putting on a show and I know for a fact that at my show is tens of thousands of people as far as the eye can see and they're raving, mosh pitting it out and drugs and alcohol, water bottles flying like it's just crazy. And if I'm in my element trying to put on a show. Why am I paying attention to all the crazies down below. And then there was a video that did surface where he, he said, Hey, somebody come help this person. Y'all chill out, chill out, come help this person. But okay. That's one. How was he supposed to know that all over the grounds, multiple people were being, you know what I'm saying? Going through these traumatic experience. And again, no disrespect to those people or their families. Cause again, it is a tragic event. But it's like as an entertainer, dog, your job is to be on stage and entertain like you can't entertain the crowd, monitor the crowd, ensure safety of everybody there. And they're saying that it's already up to 200 lawsuits. This man is in hiding, basically, they said he won't even come out of his house. So it's like y'all trying to cancel this man. Because the crowd doesn't know how to act if you can't come to a music show and conduct yourselves accordingly then keep your ass at home and i tell people all the time that's why i don't like going to crowded places like i don't even want to be around that no more like my mind frame won't even allow me to be in a room with more than 10 people probably Like I just, for whatever reason, man, I just, I don't, I don't do crowds no more, man. Like it's just nothing about being in a, in a large crowd excites me. Y'all just heard me say I was at Madison square garden, but it's just like (laughs) moving around New York, just people everywhere. It just, it don't move me, man. Cause my mind is always wondering like what other people are thinking. All it takes is for somebody to be having a bad day and mess it up for a lot of other people. And I know you ain't supposed to live your life in fear or none of that, but it's just like, dude, I'm not going to put myself in harm's way just to say I had a good time. Not to mention this was at night. (laughs) How was he supposed to see and monitor the crowd at night and put on a show? So it's like, okay, he comes out and you got thousands of people trying to bum rush to the front. What do you think was going to happen? Like, that ain't his job to monitor and police the crowd. And there ain't enough security to police the crowd. Like, it's a concert outdoors. So... Like I said, man, it's a it's a touchy situation. Everybody's wanting to point the finger. Who's to blame? Who's to blame? But why not blame the people that's in the crowd? And I'm going to take it there. Like, if you don't know how to go out and have a good time without acting a damn fool, then whatever happens, that's on you. 
Now, if somebody really did go around poking people and injecting them with something, then that's 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 a tragic, unfortunate event. And that's out of their control. And there's a special place where this person can go if that is the case. But at the end of the day, filing a lawsuit against Drake and Travis Scott and this and that person and that person, like what what is that going to do? And first of all, if I lost a loved one or my children was lost in that, my mind ain't even on no damn lawsuit yet. So is so what's the motive? 200 lawsuits, 10 casualties, 10 fatal fatalities, 200 lawsuits. That sounds like 190 people wanting some money to me, if you ask me. My mind ain't even on no lawsuit. It's just, it's such a, a tragic, unfortunate event. And like I said, I'm, I'm definitely paying attention to see how this unfolds because this right here is a game changer. Cause I saw where a few artists had, you know, shows other places and they stopped, you know, checking on people in the crowd and this and that. And I mean, I, I guess that's the kind thing to do. But you got to take in consideration, man, people getting high, people coming to these places drunk, pre-gaming, whatever the case may be. So if somebody passes out because they too intoxicated, I'm supposed to stop what I'm doing because of somebody and their irresponsible habits. I'm here to put on a show. And a lot of times those things are rehearsed. It's it's on a time schedule. They got all these, you know, lights and fireworks and this and that like that is time sensitive. Like you have to be on cue with that. So you can't just stop and then pick up the show. Isn't it like, no, bro, that's, that is choreography <laughs> choreographed or whatever the word is. So it's like, people just really think that that's how the world works. Like we're just, you know what? Here, stop y'all quit. We're going to stop y'all turn the lights on, help these people stop the show, cut it off. And there's 50,000 people in the crowd, bro. Like, like, that don't even make sense. That's the easy solution. That's the sit at home on your couch solution. Oh, he should have just stopped the show. And there's 50,000 people screaming, going crazy. He was supposed to hear somebody say help. I'm pretty sure he got a head, a earpiece on and everything to keep up with the show. It's just, it's unreal, man. It's unreal. But like I said, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that. Again, I've done several episodes about this cancel, cancel culture. And here we are yet again. I see people outside this man's house. (laughs) That's crazy, man. That's crazy. Like what, like somebody tell me what he could have done to stop that from happening. And then once people realize that this is a a dead person next to me laying on the ground out of fear alone, you're going to, I'm trying to get the hell up out of here. And you trying to run through 50,000 people, bro. All it takes is for one person to start running and then the rest of the crowd going to start running. And if it is women and children out there, what you think going to happen? They're going to get trampled over. That's crazy. But anyways, like I said, man, moving on to basketball, um, real quick, 
like I said, I had a great time at uh uh the UK Duke game. Duke was just way too much bigger than us, man. Then with some grown men out there, dog. Like that was crazy. But I will say this though. I will say this though. Man. Most of y'all know me, know that I am not the biggest John Calipari fan. And once again, he didn't help his case. With this roster that we have this year, I'm very excited about the group of kids that we have. I feel like we got a nice little balance of athletic players, shooters. These kids seem to know and understand the game versus how we looked last year. But with the shooters that we have, why don't you run sets to try to get them good, clean, open looks? I get this whole motion offense, keep everybody moving, trying to get downhill, turn the corner, get downhill, go one-on-one, create for yourself. I mean, I get that's the preparation for the next level because that's what basketball is now, just a bunch of one-on-one basketball. But it's like, I'm old school, dog. Like, I, I still love watching X's and O's. I love seeing somebody call a timeout, draw up something, and if it's executed correctly, you get a bucket out of it. That's called coaching. It ain't just here, put the put the ball in the best player's hands and everybody move out of the way. Man, that's a 50-50 chance. I mean, granted, if I draw up a play, it's still 50-50, but I like the probabilities. I feel like the odds are in my favor because if I draw this up, you should get a wide open look, not taking a contested step back three from half court to win the game. Dame Lillard, LeBron James. I don't even know why I said his name because he just all over the place. Every time the game's on the line, he's going to do a step back three. And I hate it. I hate it. But going back to the Kentucky game, it's like, okay, you got Ty Ty, you got Grady, you got all these guys that are capable of putting the ball in the basket but yet you got them standing still like it's just if it's not a catch and shoot you got them going downhill and they gotta stop and pull up and I saw Ty Ty several times like he he started out the game trying to you know create and he took a lot of pull-up jumpers and they were hitting hard so to me that's just nerves starting out the game you know what I'm saying? You got to think, dog. This is your first big game, Madison Square Garden. Lights is bright. You got to earn, get some of them, them nerves out, get the kinks out. So a lot of his shots was hitting hard. So I'm like, cool. Come out the second half. Hopefully Calipari will draw up something, get him some good looks at the basket. Once you see one or two of them things go in, dog, if you're a shooter, that's all you need. The rest is history. If you know how to hoop, you understand what I'm saying. All you need to do is see one or two of them things go, get the feel of the game, get the feel of the ball, and look, everybody move. I'm in my groove. But I feel like he never drew up anything to get him going. Grady had it going. He hit a couple shots in the first half in the corners, and then he never got any good looks ever again. So it's like, where is the coaching at, man? Now, granted, I know this was Coach K's 
uh, last hoorah, or whatever the case may be. So a lot of me is biased about that because I felt like Duke was going to win that game regardless. But it's just, man, it just kills me, man, when you see the, all the opportunity. And don't get me wrong, I know it's easier said than done. I was just talking about people sitting at home on the couch talking about Travis Scott, and here I am doing the same thing. I get it. But it's just like, dude, man, I just I just want to see good basketball. That's it. And the turnovers crushed us. And we just got to get more physical. I think down low inside, that's where they killed us at too because we don't have a lot of bodies that we can, you know, get in there and bang. But on the flip side, I feel like, man, we're going to have a good year this year, man. It's going to be a, a, a great year for U.K. basketball. So y'all definitely keep an eye out on that. Scotty Pippen, man. Shout out Scotty Pippen. Um, right now his name is being slandered. National news, social media, everywhere. And we all know why that is. I've been saying it. I've said it several times on this podcast. Jordan is one of those uh his name is just is protected. And we've been brainwashed into believing that Michael Jordan is just this person that never done anything wrong. He's the bar. He's the standard. And I don't know if it's the Wheaties commercials, the Gatorade, Jordans, whatever the case may be. It's like, oh, my God, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan. And I've told people on several occasions that the older I got and I was able to watch those games and see how it all transpired. And I looked at it from a different lens other than looking at him as a hero, a superhero. You know what I'm saying? Like this. I don't know, some kind of creature that's not human. He was just like a God out there. That's when I started to realize and I saw different little kinks and flaws but when I say that it sounds crazy people call me crazy again I love the game of basketball I love everything about the game of basketball I want to see the game played the way it was designed to be played I don't care who can score 69 points, 81 points. What did you do to make everybody else better? And did you win? So at the end of the day, it's like, oh, well, Mike did all of that and he won. But there was a catch to it. Without Scottie Pippen, he wasn't winning. So you insert Scottie Pippen. And of course, iron sharpens iron. Nobody's saying that Mike wasn't the man for Chicago. But give the rest of them dudes their flowers, man. Mike didn't win that by himself. Oh, Mike had bums. Mike, like, no, bro. If you look at those teams during that time period, the Bulls was loaded. The Bulls was stacked. Now, granted, it ain't no household names. It ain't no star-studded lineups, but they had the pieces and they had the guys who strapped up their boots and put on their hard hats and they came to work. 
All Mike had to do was score. Oh, he won defensive player of the year. Like, come on, bro. If you look at that award during that time, it was a brand new award, basically. They didn't have no guidelines, no criteria for how that award was going to be given out. And because it looked good to everybody else, that's why he got it. You had a guard that was quicker, faster than everybody, getting steals and coming over the top and blocking people, and everybody was fascinated by that. So, oh, man, we we have to give it to him. And there ain't no uh, knock on, on MJ because at the end of the day, he has it. He got the defensive player of the other year award. Oh, man, he was this time first NBA. Like, like bro, if that were the case in those finals, Mike would be checking the best player on the other team. Pippen did that. Pippen did all the dirty work. Horace Grant got all the rebounds. All Mike had to do was go out there and score. So when I saw the Last Dance documentary, I even said then, I was like, nah, this right here, this might as well be Come Fly With Me 2.0. This might as well be Michael Jordan Playground because, like, all he's doing is talking about stuff that we already know. I was like, nah, give, give them guys their flowers, man. They helped get you to where you are today. Give them their flowers. But instead, it was just a campfire stories from Michael Jordan. And then the only highlighted things about Scottie Pippen was his bad contract his back issues and how he didn't want to go in the game because of Tony Kukoc. Like, come on, man, don't, don't throw your guys under the bus like that. Horace Grant can't eat because he had a bad game. You talking bad to Scott Burrell in practice and this and like, nah, these just grown men. And if they would have knocked his ass out, guess who would have got fired? So here comes Pippen with the book. So here comes Pippen with the book. And he's just trying to explain his side of it. And for me, I just wanted to to see what he had to say. But because he came at Mike, here comes Stephen A., here come the press, here come all these people. Oh, Scotty just trying to sell books. He needs money. He must be broke. Scotty Pippen just mad because his wife left. And it's like you just come up with all these BS, whatever, to protect Michael Jordan. But nobody's really thinking about the big picture, bro. And it's like all that man said was, I want my respect. Without me, there's no six rings. Period. And at the end of the day, there's no evidence to support that claim, to to support that what he's saying is not truthful Mike didn't win a ring that Scottie Pippen was not a part of and I get it it's vice versa and again nobody's taking no nothing away from Michael Jordan Michael Jordan is Michael Jordan but damn people like <laughs> he didn't have no help he just did it all by himself so we ain't gonna talk about that game six uh, in the 92 finals against Portland when the Bulls was down 16 and Phil took Mike out and the Bulls come back with Mike on the bench. And then, oh, of course, Mike closed the deal. Oh, Mike carried everybody. Mike did this and that. That Bulls win back to back. Like, no, nah, bro. Get them dudes, they flowers, man. Paxson, Grant, Armstrong, 
Kukos, Rodman, whoever. Get them dudes they flowers, man. The Bulls was a legit team. Dynasty. It wasn't uh, Michael Jordan and the Pips. Like, nah, bro. They were a, a complete team. Now, granted, I know some of the choice words Pippen had might come off as bitter, whatever. I done heard him on several occasions flip-flop between, oh, Mike is the GOAT, LeBron is the GOAT. But if you listen to it, and like I said, I uh, I bought the book. And I can't wait to dive into it. But what stuck out stood out to me was Pippen was like, I feel like Jordan changed the game in the worst way. He said before Michael Jordan, basketball was team oriented. And everybody, you know, wanted to get other people involved and you played the game successfully together. And then when Mike came, everybody wanted to be like Mike. You wanted to put on an individual performance, score a lot of points, make it all about the individual. And when I read that and I thought about it, I was like, damn, you know what I'm saying? Like that, it makes sense. You look at the Showtime Lakers, you look at those Celtics teams, you look at those Pistons teams, it wasn't necessarily a, just a one individual. It was a whole group of individuals that accomplished a goal. But then here come Mike with all the individual accolades, and now all of a sudden everybody wants to be like Mike, score a bunch of points. Here comes Kobe, wants to be like Mike, score a bunch of points. And I tell people that's why I like LeBron because LeBron plays the game the way it was designed to be played. <laughs> and that's exactly what Pippen said. But at the end of the day, you're going to throw Pippen to the wolves because they got to protect Mike. That's my opinion. And that's why I bought the book because I want to see what Scottie Pippen had to say. And then I want to see how they're going to go protect Michael Jordan. They're going to do everything in their power to try to discredit this book, make it about money, make it about like, why can't Scottie Pippen be able to tell his side? I was intrigued by listening to Horace Grant and him when The Last Dance aired. And those guys talked about how they didn't like it. They hated how he portrayed the rest of the team. It was like Michael Jordan and then everybody else. I like hearing the other side. There's his side, their side, and then the truth. But without listening to both sides and then trying to understand the middle of it, we'll never know because the media drowns out the other. Mike's side is the only side that matters. I don't like that. And like I said, I consider myself a free thinker. I don't let things influence me. Excuse me. I'm a little congested here. I don't let things influence me or sway my opinion. I'm going to weigh both sides and then come up with my own conclusion. So that's why I bought the book. I can't wait to read it. I'm going to actually dive into it today. But as we're sitting here talking about the game being played the right way before I get off here, dog, Golden State Warriors are amazing. And they are playing beautiful basketball. And it's hard to deny that. Like right now, 
yeah, I'm a LeBron guy, but I will admit, I hate how he looks since he went to L.A. Every year it's a new team. Trade this player, get rid of this guy, bring in this person, get rid of that guy, trade this person, do this, do that. This person's hurt, he's hurt. Like, I enjoy seeing teams that are built and they keep building. When the Lakers won that championship in the bubble, yeah, you can tweak one or two pieces, but continue to build on it. Try to build a dynasty of your own. But instead, nope, get rid of everybody, bring in a whole new group. Oh, this group don't work. Get rid of everybody, bring in a whole new group. Like, that's garbage. And if you ask me, the rest of the league has gotten younger, faster, and are shooting the lights out of the gym. None of which the Lakers have. They're old, they're slow. And they can't shoot. So I'm not shocked by the start of the season from the Los Angeles Lakers. Because at the end of the day, you can't buy a championship. You can't buy chemistry. And if half your team is hurt, you're going to struggle with chemistry throughout the whole entire year. And these rotations that Vogel's throwing out there, I'm just sitting there like, man, this is crazy. You got Anthony Davis and wants to be a shooting guard because he refuses to get anywhere near the rim, just sitting out there shooting jumpers. Westbrook's out of control. You need Melo in the starting lineup, but then you sacrifice the spark off the bench. So it's just like, man, that's – I don't even want to talk about it. Like, I'm giving flowers to the Golden State Warriors, giving flowers to the Chicago Bulls. The Bulls look amazing. For them to have all those new parts and pieces like that, I feel like they have jailed and came together quick. And as long as nobody gets hurt, they're going to be dangerous the more comfortable they get playing with each other. But it's just like, dog, Golden State, man. There's That's Golden State before Kevin Durant without a whole bunch of star-studded lineups. And the fact that they got a superstar that's still putting on a show He's doing it within the flow of the game and it's not costing the others any of their shine. That's amazing. That whole system. Plus they defend. So you're able to win ball games, have fun while you're doing it and lock up the other team. That's basketball. I really ain't had a chance to look at Brooklyn. I know Brooklyn kind of, was up and down. I think they starting to get it going or whatever. I've seen a few little box scores where Kevin Durant, Harden went off the other night. But I just wanted to give Golden State their flowers before I got off here because I think that is incredible. And Clay is coming back in a couple weeks. Man. So in the West, Golden State, Phoenix, Utah, Ooh, <laughs> where do the Lakers even fit in? Because you're talking about young teams that can shoot the lights out. So unless the Lakers lock in defensively, that's a tough seven-game series with either one of those three. But we shall see. 
anyways, man, I just wanted to throw something out here. Like I said, it's been a long week, man. Kidney stones, <laughs> been to New York, trying to get back into the groove of, you know, settling back in and working, getting ready for the holidays and stuff like that. So I just wanted to put something out there, get a lot of this off my chest. Like I said, can't we, uh, wait, tongue tied again. Can't wait to read the Scottie Pippen book. Cause I'm pretty sure it ain't over with. And, uh, we'll go from there, man. So we out. Ass toasted. No competition. Amisha toasted. I feel so high. I feel so live. My body's in the twine. Amisha toasted. I feel so live. And I know why. That I can't deny. Amisha toasted. Giddy fine wine. Fools mock liquor. Wish me I'm high class.